G'day everybody and welcome to Polly Waffle, the podcast where we waffle on about politics. Season two is Girl Power. I'm Rossi and that's LK. Hey mate. Hey mate. How's your shit? Um, as we previously discussed off the record, I just spontaneously bought a pair of Gucci loafers and you have burnout. <laughs> yes, summed up nicely. Hmm. The polarizing differences between our two lives at the moment. Yeah, but look, peaks and valleys, babes. Yeah. You're valleys. in Florida getting a tan, drinking White Claw. Rossi is in Melbourne in lockdown. Oh, mate, I'm sorry. Can we um, touch on really briefly without um, getting mobbed in a mafia sense? Uh, this whole Dan Andrews saga. Oh, okay. <laughs> so basically, for those playing along at home that aren't from the state of Victoria, the Premier, which is another word for Governor of Victoria, his name's Dan. Dan has been talking to people on an almost daily basis since COVID broke out to make sure they're okay. Dan fell down the stairs a couple months ago like three months ago, and still isn't back in the job. And the conspiracy theories about whether Dan fell down the stairs, where did Dan fall down the stairs? Was he pushed down the stairs? Is he really sick? What's the front for? Oh my God, what's going to happen? Who, where is the unicorn? It's just fascinating. And I think maybe that's all we need to say. Okay, okay, this is the season finale of the Girl Power season. And we have been banging on about female leaders in politics. But Because of that, we say a couple of words that maybe people don't know what the dick we're talking about. So let's explain them. I think that's a bloody great idea. And also they're all words that you and I don't know and then we look them up and then we do know and then we forget and then we have to look them up again. Yes, exactly, exactly. So, guys, this is we assume you know nothing about politics. I think it's a very brave thing to admit that you know nothing and it's way harder than pretending you know something. So kudos to everyone. Exactly. And if you've listened to this whole season of Girl Power and not know anything about politics, like, well done. That must have been such a punish for you. We're glad you're still here. (laughs) Yeah. Please go to our store and buy some sweatpants. (laughs) Okay. So do you want to just take turns at picking terms from our magic list? Yeah, okay, let's do that. Great idea. Okay, so we're going to do some general words that uh, apply to everything and then some territory-based words, so some Aussie words and some US words. Blush. Okay, politics means activities associated with governance of a country or area. Yeah, but people also talk about office politics, which I just think means people bitching in the tea room. (laughs) A hundred percent. Yeah, same, same, but diff. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And off the back of that, a politician is a person who is uh, professionally involved in politics, so not those people standing around the water cooler at the office, not professional politicians. And career politicians, uh, people are often called career politicians as an insult because a career politician is someone that's always been a politician and doesn't know how the fuck the real world works. <laughs> a party is not uh, what we think is a good time in politics. A party is the group that the politician belongs to. 
Yeah, I don't know why they don't just say that. Like, why is everything deliberately difficult? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I will rightly admit that I did not quite understand what this word meant for a very long time. The word is coalition. Mm, Because it just means the combining of two things when it sounds like it means like a very specific part of an engine. Yes. So in Australia at the moment, the federal government is a coalition government, so it means that there's two parties to make up the majority. And they have to um, like compromise a lot, which is really shit for them. Yeah. So the, the Liberal Party didn't have enough people elected, so then they called on their mates in the National Party and then they joined together to form a coalition government. Yeah. Aren't the National Party um, all about like farms and shit? Yes, they are. Excellent. Um, I have some terms for you. Okay, go on. I went a different direction. So I throw these terms around a lot without totally knowing what they mean. Um, The first is socialism. Yes, okay, go on. Yep. So socialism is a theory that that everything in society should be organised and created for community as a whole. So, like, instead of, like, having a big company that makes glasses and then lots of people who need glasses buy those glasses at a certain amount and then that company gets really rich, socialism says that we should produce as many glasses as people with glasses need and they should only cost the buyer what they cost to make because we're only producing things that people need to serve the community as a whole. Wow, great explanation. Thank you. And then building on from that is communism. And communism says that everything in society should basically be owned by the state and serve all the people. So the difference between communism and socialism is that under communism, everything should be owned by the state. So like communist China in the old days, for example, where they just own everything and they deliver services for the people and those services cost the people very little personally. And under socialism, it means that all the stuff can be owned privately by the citizens, but everybody owns the same amount. Okay. Is that is that complicated? It, it is complicated, but yeah, I get it. Yeah, I, I kind of get it. And then, <laughs> and then you hear people talk about fascism, especially when they're talking about Trump, and fascism <laughs> yes. Yes, is when someone like a dictator takes on a national identity and says this is what a national identity is and anyone who doesn't fit this description is the enemy and so we're only going to provide services and benefits for this one idea of national identity. So like Nazi Germany, for example, was like we only care about the blonde-haired, blue-eyed citizens and not anyone else and so we're only going to provide benefits for those people and everyone else can get fucked. So was Trump a fascist? Oh, mate, it depends on who you ask. But I think he gave it a good crack. Yeah, I think he did too. Yeah, but there are things called checks and balances, not to not to cut forward to the American list, but when people talk about checks and balances in American 
context, they're talking about all the safeguards that are put in place to make sure that fascism doesn't happen because America was born out of not wanting to be ruled by British dictators, hashtag slash the royal family. Yes, right. Socialism works in some places, I think, like a lot of, I'm going to get cancelled for this, but (laughs) a lot of like Scandinavian countries, I think, consider themselves socialist in that they provide free healthcare and free education for all their citizens because they're about creating services based on the needs of their citizens. Whereas in America, it's about how services can be capitalized to make money. And the idea, the intent is that If you create conditions where anybody can make money doing anything, then that's a really good thing and everybody can make a lot of money. Um, But neither theory works exactly the way it should in reality. Wow, mate, you're so good at this. Oh, my God. Thank you. Keep going. My my (laughs) definitions are so boring. Yours are great. (laughs) I mean, I'm definitely going to get cancelled. Um, so democracy in the sense that we understand it, which is a little bit different to the traditional Greek meaning, um, just means that all people of a nation have the ability to choose their legislators. So the people that make the rules are elected by all the people. The traditional sense is that everybody in the land gets to make the rules, but that gets real messy real quick. Is that the traditional Greek meaning? Yeah. Which is which makes sense if you're in ancient Greece and like, you know, three of the people are illiterate. I mean, three of the people are literate, right? And so they're considering everyone just to be the three illiterate people. But in today's society, we like to empower everybody, and everybody can't make the rules because um, it just life doesn't work like that these days. Okay, like you and I can't sit here and say we're going to change the. The traffic rules. We're just going to change them because right. we think it's right. Yeah, there's more process in place. Yeah, whereas back in ancient Greece, Aristotle could be like, I think people should drive on the left, and you know there should be six horses to a cart, and he could sort of make that happen. Right. <laughs> We're a bit limited with our horse rules. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's that's what I got on that stuff. Okay. All right, well, back to my boring definitions. So in Australia, our government is formed under the Westminster system, which originated in Britain. And the main feature is that there is a head of state who is not head of government. So the Westminster system has a governor general who the governor general represents the queen and then an executive, which would be the prime minister. So I have a question you might not be able to answer, but like as an Australian, right, with the Queen technically being the big boss because she's the boss of the Governor-General and the Governor-General is the boss of the Prime Minister and the Prime Minister is the boss of everybody, right? That's how it works. Yes. If the Queen were to decree that Australians like can't wear pants anymore, could she do that? I don't think so because – I think that a bill would have to be passed through our government. All the Governor General does is sign the bills on behalf of the Queen. The Queen doesn't also in in the UK, she doesn't she doesn't make rules. Yeah. She's the sign off. But she technically could make rules? No, I don't think so because she doesn't she is God's representative, remember? She's not Oh, uh, yeah. She's um, immortal. Yeah. But back in the day, like Henry VIII, he made all the rules. 
Yeah, he did. I, I, oh, mate, this is a great question, but I wonder when the UK started having prime ministers. Anyway, this is a tangent, but we, um, in our other podcast, We'll Never Be Royals, we did an episode on uh, what's her face? Oh my God, Rose Hanbury. And she is married to this guy who's a squillionaire who is a descendant of the first prime minister of the UK. Yes, I'm just looking it up. Sir Robert Walpole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was in 1721. So, yeah, long time. Yeah, long time. Um, nice, nice plug for we'll never be royals in there. Um, okay, so in the Westminster system, there is also a lower house, upper house situation. In Australia, we call the lower house the House of Representatives, where that's where members are elected by the community. And then the upper house is the Senate. And why is it just called the Senate? Oh, it is called the Senate, but it is the upper house. Okay. I always get confused with these ones. I do. Okay. So so if there was a bill passed to say that we didn't want to wear pants anymore, first it goes to the House of Representatives and then if if everyone votes it, yes. It goes to the Senate, everyone votes yes. It goes to the Governor General. Okay. And is there certain stuff that just goes to the upper house? No, nah, it has to go. I'm pretty sure it has to go through House of Reps first. And in America, I think you call that Congress, right? Oh, mate, don't get me started. I think so. But it's a little bit different because Congress handles certain things, and but sometimes they both handle things. It's very strange. Yeah, it's it, this whole this whole system is confusing. And then in Australia, I just recently learnt this. That's federal government, House of Reps, Senate, and then each state has their own government right but some states don't have a lower house and upper house they just have one house and in those states they can have a premier which is the head of the of the state or they can have a chief minister Ooh, i know it's it's all over the shop yeah i've always wondered how the northern territory works because it seems like one of those wild states that just kind of does whatever the fuck it wants like the first time i went there there was no speed limits (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, they they are a rogue state. They only have one house and they only have a chief minister. Yeah, righto. Okay, what else should we tell you? I've got um, what a hung parliament means. Oh, tell us. Which we briefly touched on, but in an election, if no one party wins the majority of seats in the House of Reps, which is 76 or more, it's called a hung parliament and that creates kingmakers and kingmakers are the independents that either of the major parties has to woo in order to win a coalition government. So they're called kingmakers, even though they should be called prime minister makers. (laughs) (laughs) They should. That's an outdated term. Yep. Oh, and then I, this is a fun one that people might not know, Um, donkey voting. Oh, Yes. I think is a uniquely Australian term. It's because uh, in the Australian system it's a compulsory vote, meaning that if you are a citizen of age, you are required to vote and if you don't vote you get um, fined. So a lot of people who don't really want to use their vote will get their name signed off, go into the booth and just uh, not submit a legitimate vote and you can do it in all kinds of funny ways. Like if you wanted to, you can just go in the booth, draw a penis and balls on the slip and then put it in the ballot box and, like, nobody knows that it's you and you could think you're really funny. 
<laughs> I mean, I did laugh then, but I don't think donkey voting is funny. In fact, it enrages me. Like, you have a right to vote. Yeah, I mean, I've been in America for a while and, like, part of me is also like, well, you should have the right not to vote if you don't want to, I guess. But, I mean. I mean, imagine if that was the rule in Australia. No one would vote. Like, there'd be a a huge portion of the population that just CBF. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I will say I've never willingly donkey voted. I think maybe the first couple of times I probably voted wrong because it's very complicated. My final Aussie term is democracy sausage. (laughs) good one yeah which is um just when you go to vote often there's a barbecue with sausages and when you eat the sausages they're called democracy sausages uh shall we move on to us yeah let's move on to us because they're to be honest they're more fun oh my god they're so outrageous okay there's um left wing and right wing politicians left wing is more liberal than the average person but liberal in the little L sense, not the Australian Liberal Party sense. It's very confusing. Yes. Yeah, so that, that's someone who is for socialised medicine, gay rights, pro-choice, yada, yada. Yeah. And- I mean, there are exceptions to every rule. And I think things like gay rights are like, that's becoming a, a human rights issue instead of a political issue, which is good. But yeah, historically. Um, and then right-wing politician is conservative politician. So- Trump. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Though I think a lot of right-wing politicians would say that he is not a good example because he uh, doesn't actually stand for anything except himself. And I think right-wing politicians, there's some like logic behind their thinking. Like they act because they think it's in the best interest of the country, whereas Trump just acts because he's a fuckwit. I think these terms are very uh, well-known in the US, but I'm not in the US. So tell us, there's a right to lifer and a pro-choicer. Yeah, so a right to lifer is a person who is staunchly anti-abortion, usually for religious reasons, because they believe um, that human life begins at conception and therefore if you would have an abortion after the sperm has fertilised the egg, you are killing a human. Uh, Pro-choice people say that, it's a woman's right to choose whether she has an abortion or not. And you can tell, like, driving through America in conservative states, there are often, like, billboards when you enter and exit along the highways with, like, fetuses saying I'm a human and whatnot. It's ve- it's a very long-running issue that will, I think, always be a very long-running issue. And, like, in a lot of states you can't have access to abortion services even if – you have been raped or in cases of incest or or if like your fetus has no head or something like you just cannot do it under any circumstances it's such an issue this huge social issue that will pro- maybe never be resolved is like defines people yeah like i remember once not to get on a tangent again But like, so once I went to get a birth control pill at Planned Parenthood, which is a service that also in some states provides abortions, and there are people that will stand at the front and protest your ability to get birth control. Wow. Yeah. Like, like with signs and shit. Yeah. Because you shouldn't get in the way of the creation of human life. Even if you 
uh, don't have the ability to raise a human being and that human life that you create will not have high quality. They don't care about that. They just care that the life exists. But also don't want to fund the life. Like don't want to make, don't want to pay taxes to make sure that the life that they demand is created has access to healthcare once it's born. We don't care about that. Mm. Okay, now I'm going to get off my soapbox. <laughs> okay. Anyway, American politics. Okay, let's go back to, to lighten the mood a bit. Um, a flip, a flip flopper is a politician who changes his mind or their mind should be on certain issues, important issues over time. Yeah, like um, Ted Cruz when he said he would never support Trump and then um, when Trump became the Republican candidate, he supported Trump, (laughs) even though Trump told the whole country that he had a small penis and that his dad was like a serial killer or something, which is not true. Oh, my God. I mean, you've got to do what you've got to do, though. I mean, I guess. Ted was obviously going for VP, was he? Yeah, and he didn't get it. He got something else. This is in the American list, but I think this is just a general term. Bipartisan. Oh, yeah, I always fuck that one up. Bipartisan is brings together both political parties in mutual agreement. Yeah, like COVID relief bills. Yes. Were, you, were pretty much bipartisan. Yep. And partisan, it only works for one political party. What about this one? I'd never heard this one before. A birther is uh, someone who believes President Obama was born outside of the United States. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's such a thing. A birther. And that's how Donald Trump came to political prominence because when Obama was president, he was like, he's not a real president because the president has to be born in the US. It can't be a Julie Gillard situation. And so Donald Trump just spent eight years being like, he's not a real president, and then he became president and it was awkward. Yeah. So you hear people talk about red states, blue states, and purple states. Yes, tell us. So it's interesting in America in that a lot of the states consistently vote for one party or another like over decades. So there are states that are traditionally red states, which are states that would usually always vote Republican in a presidential election. Blue states would always vote Democratic. And then purple states or battleground states are the ones that change really quickly. So like Iowa and Pennsylvania are considered purple states. And so people who are campaigning for president spend a lot of time and money you know, promising those states special things so that they will flip one way or the other. So it's it can be really advantageous to be a citizen of a purple state because people have to care about you. <laughs> Whereas if you're like, you know, Alabama, for example, I think has been a red state for many, many years and so people aren't going to spend a lot of time there because they assume if you're Republican, you've assumed you've won it and if you're Democrat, you assume it's not worth trying. Right. Do you have examples of purple states? Uh, Yep. Pennsylvania is one. Iowa is one. And Iowa is a really important one because the Iowa caucus, now we're getting really complicated, but when there's a US presidential election, before the election cycle starts, they have to select the person that's going to run for each party. And so there's this whole other cycle where all the candidates from the same party will debate each other and try and get the most votes, right? And they have to go state by state within their party 
and members of that party will vote for specific candidates and then there's a convention for each party where they pick the official candidate. And Iowa is first on the list. That's the first state that votes on which candidate they're going to pick and it's also a swing state. So it's a really, really important place because if Hillary, when Hillary Clinton was going up against uh, Bernie Sanders, for example, I actually can't remember who won, but like it was a very big deal if you win Iowa first because it gets you the momentum. Right. Because yes. people drop off, don't they? And they, yeah. if they think that they're not going to get where they want to be, they just, they'll just call it and then their votes can go to, to someone else who they support, right? Yeah, exactly. Because it's very, very expensive to run a campaign. Like it, <laughs> it costs millions and millions of dollars a week. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I'm looking up other purple states just to give you an example. Um, let's talk about caucus while we're here because that term in America, like the Iowa caucus or whatever caucus is very prominent, but a caucus just means the meeting of members of a political party. Yes. And it, it gets, now we're going to get too much into the weeds, so we might edit this out, but it, there's, when they talk about it in the presidential context, it's about voting for the candidate and there's caucuses and there's primaries and some states for some parties have caucuses and some states for some parties have primaries. And if you have a primary, it's like a traditional election in that everybody lines up, they fill out, they go into a booth, they fill out a piece of paper and they vote for the candidate that they think should be the candidate, like the big presidential candidate, just like you would in a presidential election. In a caucus, it's really weird. So they divide people up into rooms, like physical rooms. So you're in a room with everyone else that's voting and then they set up a candidate in each corner of the room. So let's say Bernie Sanders is in one corner, Hillary's in another corner, old mate, other candidate is in a different corner. And then you, if you're voting, you go and stand by the person you want to vote for. So if you want to vote for Bernie, you go stand in the Bernie corner that has Bernie's photo there. And then all the people that aren't sure who they're going to vote for stand in the middle of the room and let themselves be pitched and convinced like like talked into which corner they should go stand in. And then at the end of the night when everyone's in a corner, the person with the most people in the corner is the candidate. I laugh because it's the same country that has Silicon Valley. Like why does not some tech genius come along and be like, guys, let's just do this digitally. Let's just get out an iPad and do this so no one has to fucking stand in the corner of a room. Like it's mind-blowing. But it's also the same country that lets everyone have guns because some bloke wrote on a bit of paper in 1776 or whatever that everyone should have guns. Like they're so strict when it comes to like political rules. It's like why the election is always on like whatever Tuesday in November. It's because back in the 1700s, that's when all the farmers would go into town and sell their harvest. So that's why it's on that day. <laughs> Okay, well, hopefully we've helped you understand a few political jargon words. If we've confused you even more, sorry about that. Um, hopefully we don't get cancelled. And um, we'll see you next season for more Polly Waffle. In the meantime, 
go and check out lkandrossi.com. We've got socials. We've got another podcast. We'll never be royals. We're going to be on a variety show called In Newcastle tonight, not Newcastle. <laughs> and what else? Ooh. Go buy some merch. Yeah, we've got new knickers on the store oh. that say how to fit. Yes, we've got knickers. We've really peaked with our merch and we have our own knickers. I mean, life made. Wow. All right. Thanks, mate. You did a great job. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Um, you go enjoy your white claw summer, okay? I will return to lockdown in the winter. Okay, mate. Mm. See ya. Well, is me. <laughs> See you all of a sudden. Bye. Hey, mate. Hey, LK. Do you ever get so busy you forget where your pants are? Yeah, sometimes. Well, I have a solution for you. Please tell me. At LKandRossi.com, we have a fully stocked merch store that includes soft pants. Yeah, and we also have a blog and links to our Facebook, Instagram, iTunes, and Spotify. Yeah, we're so good. We bloody are. See how good we are by visiting lkandrossi.com today.